Well, welcome back to another episode of It's Okay to Feel. I'm your host, Craig. With me, as always, Steve. Uh, this week, we have an exciting episode. We got Cork Schneider back from Tour Day Recovery. Uh, he's uh, back, and the tour is back on this year. We loved having him last year, so we wanted him to come back and give us some more information, see how it went last year, and see how it's going to go this year. So welcome back, Cork. Thanks for having me on. This is great. I really enjoy you guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks. So how did it go last year? It was incredible. So we had three riders complete 500 miles from, actually, I did 600. We started up in San Jose, went through Fresno, all the way to um, Oceanside. We had five tour stops. We raised 45 grand. Wow. And we were able to uh, get that money to four women, uh, four women, three wanted cars because okay. when gals get out of when they get out of rehab, oftentimes the three gals that we had, they have kids. And when you get out of rehab, it's it's pretty daunting because that's when things start. You got to go out there and make a living and get a job. And the biggest impediment of the people that apply, we have many applicants that apply. We had an application process. Um was they wanted transportation and so right. we got three of them cars and then a fourth person wanted uh she was able to live at home with her parents and so she wanted tuition for a year so we got we got that for her nice and, and so we had uh two ceremonies one in fresno and one in oceanside where we presented these awards and the the tears were everywhere i mean these these gals were happy and thankful and but their families were there too. They're sometimes their daughters or their parents. And then I got to talk to all of them. And then, you know, just it's such a beautiful thing to see everybody thank you for doing what you did. And for me, it's just a, a complete labor of love. I get to ride my bike and do what I wow. want to do. And uh, and I get to survey uh, a passion that I have of of helping women in recovery, which was inspired by a former student who's doing great. And also, um, Steve and Craig, I, I'm also on the board of directors now for Turn. They got me on their board, and um, I'm there with CEOs and bankers and a teacher. So <laughs> it's fun, and I'm and I'm you know I feel good. I'm providing them their their probably their largest public event is this Tour Day Recovery. That's all. What is what is Turn? Turn is be, Turn Behavioral Health uh, Services. They're a a nonprofit, about a hundred billion dollar organization that serves most of in 10 counties in California, all the way from Contra Costa up north, all the way to San Diego County to the border, basically. And they okay. got about 80 programs and the programs range from um, residential treatment facilities to just kind of day facilities or just um, they, they, they help homeless, they have drug courts, they have all kinds of things that serve the mental health community. And their, their simple motto is uh, to improve lives. And they, they really yeah. do. It's pretty amazing. That's awesome. So how many stops did you do along the way last year? We did five stops last year and it'll be the same five this year. The first stop is in Fresno. At the mm -hmm. Hacienda, the Hacienda is a residential treatment facility called Fresno First, and uh, they have all kinds of things there. It's a giant, I don't know how many acres it is, but it's the old Hacienda Hotel, very famous hotel in Fresno, and they 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 use it for all kinds of things. 
And that starts it off. We'll have uh, probably the deputy mayor speaking and some other politicians that will speak at that, as well as myself. Turn CEO um, Jim Callahan will speak as well. That's going to be June 4th this year. And it was the same thing last year. And then okay. we go down to Bakersfield is the second stop. And then we got three in a row, one in it's in Colton in San Bernardino and then Orange County mm-hmm. and then in um, Oceanside. The, uh, the Orange County one is going to be at Miles Square Park this year on June 10th awesome. at um, 9 a.m. And Steve is speaking. So he's he'll help be able to you know this, right, Steve? Of course. <laughs> I, I <do> <laughs> so and we're going to have uh, a lot of my kids from my school will be there. A lot of alumni of mine will be there. And we're going to have Veronica Kelly there as well. She's the uh, county mental health doctor or expert. I forget her exact title, but she's kind of the head of mental health in, in Orange County. And she's she's an incredible speaker. Yes, she does a phenomenal job. Yeah. And she her personal testimony is is breathtaking. It just, you know, it's hard to hold your tears back. And then we conclude on June 11th in Oceanside at the Family Recovery Center. There's there one of their other residential treatment facilities. And that's the one that my former student was at that started this whole thing. She kind of inspired me through her life and her progress to get involved with mental health. Um, so my brother uh, he was an addict for 25 years, and he died of complications of that um, illness. And then my um, two cousins also died. In the, this is all in the last five years. But then when that former student came into my life who I had a really deep connection with, everything connected, and I decided that I'm going to do something with the passion that I have for mental health. I'm going to ride and try to figure this out. And then I got lucky because the uh, COO and the CEO, Jim Callahan and Wendy Broton, are both bike riders. So they said, perfect. So I I was so lucky that it played out that way. Or it's yeah. God's will, however you look at it. So I prefer right. the second, but <laughs> Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah, either way, we'll take it. Yeah, exactly. So it's, um, yeah, it's we're really excited about everything. Like I said, the, the dates on this are... Um, the Orange County one is going to be June 10th, Mile Square Park, and it's going to be at Shelter Number Four, which is on Edinger, just a little bit, um, go a little bit east of the David Baker Golf Course parking mm-hmm. lot, and then uh, that's that's at 9 a.m. and that's going to be awesome. My 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 dance team's going to be there. That they're called Movement. My band's okay. going to be there. They're awesome. Nami's going to be there. That Nami Club. We have a really good Nami Club at La Quinta. It's about 30 kids. My girls league, my boys league, ASB is going to be there. And it's, I'm so excited. And then all of my alumni will be there as well to support me. So it's a pretty exciting thing. And we're going to, we're inviting people to ride with us. If you bring your bike, you can ride with us part of the way. We're going 50 miles that day. We're going to go out from Miles Square Park to um, Seal Beach and then down to San Clemente for the night. And nice. can, people can join us if they want for part of it, all of it you know, it's a low stress situation. So, yeah. So how, so what was your favorite, uh, or do you have any memories that stick out from last year? Any good stories? Well, well, oh yeah. So the, (laughs) there was a day when we were leaving like Palmdale and we were going into, going into San Bernardino and we had to climb like 4,000 feet and it was about 95 degrees that day. That was brutal. And then the wind was against us. And I was having some, I had bike trouble too. So I was constantly fiddling with stuff. 
but at one point we looked down on our on our you know heat gauges and it was 112 because the heat's coming off the pavement you know what i mean yeah we're like wow we've done like 70 miles to 112 that was but that's all part of it is that you're out there and you know you're you know, I enjoy that kind of stuff. I enjoy the physical challenge of it, but right. it's cool. The other, the, the emotional part of that, that was incredible was we had t-shirts, tour de recovery t-shirts, and we'd always wear them. We had a couple of them. We'd wear them to all the restaurants. There's the writers. And we had a little bit of a crew, like a support crew. And we had a camera guy that was with us that was recording everything for, uh, for turn. <laughs> and yeah. um, everywhere we go, people would ask, what is that? And then they would start telling us their story of, of recovery from them, their husband, their wife, their child. It's so pervasive. Right. We, we literally twice had um, servers like sit, literally get a chair and sit down with our group and start telling us like they stopped their job and told us the story because it was that important because they felt connected to somebody that was doing something for the greater good. That right. part really was emotional. Like, wow, this is really, it really hit a nerve. And I didn't, you would think that I would understand being a teacher and having a family that's had those issues. I would understand how common it is, but I really didn't. It was really eye-opening for me. Yeah. I mean, it's all around us. You know, they say that this area is the Mecca for sobriety. Um, you know, and people come from all over the United States to get sober here. And the truth of the matter is, is they get dropped off at some treatment facility and with no money or no what nothing to do um, besides go to this treatment place. And then afterwards, you know, either they figure it out or they're back on the street. Yeah. And that's where the scholarship comes in. The scholarship's called Faith's Hope. And the scholarship is a great name. My former student's daughter, her name is Faith. And she had this hope that her mom would come back after years and years of being away or not really responsive. And so that's right. what it's called, Faith's Hope. And I just love that name because it, it really, obviously, faith and hope are two great words. And then when you combine it with the fact that faith is actually a person, it really personalizes it. And um, it was it really hit home uh, all that we did when we gave away the scholarships. I saw the hope on these women's faces, and I really connected with a couple of them. I talked yeah. to my Facebook and this kind of stuff, and I plan on keeping track of them as long as I can, or as long as they'll let me. Right. So how did they get picked? Well, what What's they the did, yeah, in the two facilities, um, Fresno and Oceanside, what they did was they had a, they, they, they put together an application and the application, they needed like a thousand word essay and what they would do with the money. And they wanted their backstory and there was some internal screening that I'm not quite aware of, but I'm sure they screened people for like to make sure that these were good candidates that would um, that would be successful with the money. I think there right. was some internal screening. I, I wasn't aware of that, but I was able to read them all. And my former student, I had her read them all, too. And she said, I like this person, this person and this person. And she loved it, too. It was very encouraging to her to see her life. And what she's gone through and the success that she has had being transferred to someone else through me. I, I just I just love that whole I love that whole idea of that, you know, the the ripple effect where you, you know, a pebble in a pond kind of thing. You know, I just love that whole thing. How this yeah. is working out. But that's that's how they applied. So. That sounds awesome. And how is your student doing? What's the idea? Her? She's doing great. She's she's uh, she doesn't need my wife and and 
my, she doesn't need us very much anymore. She's, she's moved on. She's got a, you know, she's back to a different circle of friends now and she's out on her own. She's moved out of her folks house and she's, she's doing great. And she, you know, has full-time employment and she's doing really good. Nice. How many, how long is she sober now? She has been sober. See here, December of 20 is when she's December 26th, 2020 is when she started. Wow. That's awesome. the facility in January of 21 mm-hmm. graduated from the facility in April of 21. I reconnected with her after almost 20 years in September of 21. Right. And my wife hired her in November of 21. And then she left my wife's company and is, is out on her own now. So she's been, it's been over three years and she's, you know, doing great. That's awesome. That's really cool to see the success, see it brimming. I'm about yeah, to think, hit. I um, think one, of the, one of the key things in this, in this whole thing is the more I think about it is, you know, my former student has encouraged me as much as I've encouraged her, if not more. Right. She was a game changer for me early in my career. I mean, this is my 34th year teaching. I'm 58 years old. And she 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 came into my life when I was in my 20s. And I was really unsure of how good I was going to be as a teacher. She was the first kid I connected with. And it, it was so great to connect with somebody. And she kept tracking me for years because she wanted that connection. Right. And I never had that. And because of her, I always sought that. Now I'm always through Facebook trying to reconnect with kids. It's so fun. It's so valuable. And right. then 20 years later or 25 years later, she comes back into my life and she just encouraged me by making me feel like I was a value. Cause I, you know, together, me, my wife and her, we really, all of us connected and we, we really, we helped, helped her. She helped us. And then, uh, I think, like I said, the key is the whole word is encouragement and encouragement doesn't just go from the superior to the, the student. It, it can go the other way too. And in my case, I got really encouraged by a student and I, I, you know, a lot of your career is being encouraged in this profession is being encouraged by students. It's not just yeah. me encouraging them, it's them encouraging me. And I, I take it when I can get it. It's really great. But no one has been more impactful in my career than her. No one. Yeah, I mean, it's been a kind of a common theme for us for the past six months, but it's finding, um, you know, the positive communication and finding the people that you can communicate with and you feel open to and you connect with. And you know, without that connection, there's little, little hope for us, unfortunately, you know, it's a huge part of the journey. It's a huge part of the recovery. And, you know, without it, you know, like I said, there's little hope. Yeah. I mean, it's just saying an encouraging word, giving someone a cup of cold water when they need it, those simple things, they make a big deal. I will never underestimate the value of encouragement after my experience with my former student never because all I did was get a hold of her say hey how you doing and listen to her and listen to her and give her some advice and get her involved with my life and my wife's life that's all we did we just included her that's all we did and it changed everything for her I mean that's what she told me anyways and I'm taking it and it was just I so I mean I spend Every day I tell myself, I got to encourage someone today, whether that's walking to another teacher and just saying hi, talking to a student, because I see the power of it. 
even in text, just saying something positive to somebody. I I never knew it, encouragement, for lack of a better phrase, is the best drug ever. Yeah. Actually, uh, there are a couple of them come up in my mind. The other one is service. Oh, yeah. I think as human beings, we're all here to serve. And unfortunately, when we start talking about people with mental health challenges or addiction, uh, we take that away from them. We, we Because, my God, he's an addict. How can he possibly help me? But as soon as we start to give it back to them, it strengthens them and it strengthens us. Well, that certainly has been my experience. There, there is absolutely no doubt about that. I, I've had the opportunity to talk to my church a couple of times about this event and, and some other things as well, because they they want to know what's going on to support me. And um, I've told them, you know, I'm almost 60 and I really have three goals in my life at this point. One, I want to stay in shape. Two, I'd like to create an opportunity to either make some more money or create some more time for myself and three, so I can give back. It's in that order. I want to stay in shape, create time and money and opportunities so I can give to others. Right. You know, it feels so good. And I've, I, I've been given everything you guys. I mean, I always, in my mind, there's four things I wanted out of life. And this is pretty common. I think I wanted a nice wife. I got that. She's the greatest. I wanted a meaningful job. I got that. You, you know, um, um, I wanted a home to call my own. I got that. And I wanted a great child, which I got. I went four for four. So why shouldn't I give back? Right. Which is a great mindset. How do you feel the impact has been with your students with this whole event? Have you seen like a rise in, um, you know, them wanting to be a part of it? Have you seen a rise in them talking about it? Yeah, what what I've seen primarily, and this is, I don't, being a statistician, I, I want to put numbers to this, but I can't quite do that, is I've seen more kids than ever talk to me about what's going on in their life. Okay. I think I have a big poster in my room of a tour day recovery from the event, and I talk about it here and there where, where it's appropriate. I don't drown a minute, but here and there. But I think what it does is it's given me credibility and a safe, a safe person to talk to, because they think I understand. So which I do, I feel like I do. So right. kids will tell me about, typically, it's not their struggles. It's typically with substance, usually a parent or a brother. I've, I've gotten many, many stories this year. I've, I've told my wife, I have never stepped outside and talked to, to kids about something going on in their life more than this, more than this year. Now, that might be because of COVID and some of the changes in our society, but I got a feeling it's it's largely due to the fact that I'm they have a choice who to talk to. And I feel like maybe I'm a safe person or at least I understand because of what I'm involved in. And yeah. I talk very openly about it. And and um, it, it feels good to, to be able to just to help them and if nothing else, just to listen. So yeah. I've seen it a lot. It's mental health is just a giant focus on our schools these days. It's giant. I mean, we actually have a classroom that's a mental health room. I forgot the official name of it, but kids can go there and they can, they have like a chair and soft music and they can go there and relax a little bit. They literally have that at our school, which is really wow. cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And we have, we have counselors all over the place. We have some part-time and full-time counselors 
And kids are constantly saying, hey, I got an appointment with a counselor during fifth. I said, okay, no problem. I just today, I talked to a kid about that. Were you, uh, you okay? Yeah, I've been seeing uh, a counselor on campus. I said, oh, that's good. You know, so we, we are fully staffed and ready to roll on this. And you got to believe it's going to help prevent future problems, I would think. You know, I didn't have anything like that in school. I know you guys didn't. No, yeah. Yeah, it's a great way to attack it. I think we've um, we've had the discussion over the past couple of years is how do you get the teenage and young adult crowd to get on board and get them more information. And, you know, teachers in schools is the best way to impact them right there. Especially, sure. the funny if, story especially that, if they can trust you like they do, you know. I agree. The uh, the president of our NAMI club, a really nice young lady, we were, I was talking to them about coming to the event and they're going to, they're going to come. And I said, Hey, I'd like, I'd like you to speak a little bit about your club and you can introduce me. And she goes, Oh, I'll tell them my story, my journey. And I thought to myself, when I was 16 or 17, there was no way I was going <laughs> to tell anybody my journey. You know what I mean? Right. But, but that's how much society's changed. That's how bold she is. I love it. I think it's really cool. And it's going to be very encouraging to other people. I mean, yeah. at this event, these kids are going to see that their problems are just like everybody else's. Right. They're going to see it. There's going to be so many people there. And it's I a, I think it's terrific. Oh, yeah. It's an important lesson to learn when you're young, too, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're not alone. Well, yeah, I, always I always tell the kids that when I was a kid, I didn't have a room to go to. I, I had to go sit by a tree when I was upset. I didn't have right. any. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, there was, there was no one right. to talk to exactly or just go hide and run from it yeah exactly keep packing it down yeah <laughs> yeah exactly N nothing will come bad from that huh no awesome cork well tell us the dates uh again and then tell us you know the information yeah. on the website so and with, how to donate and all that yeah so the website is is someday Someday is in someday I will make a million dollars someday and from the, and on that website has the full story of everything and the dates and everything like that and then it has buttons all over the place you can click and donate and we're up to about 30 grand so far and we haven't nice. the ride yet and um then the uh the dates the Orange County date is June 10th at 9 a.m. at Mile Square Park shelter number 4 on Edinger just east of um, the David Baker Golf Course. Okay. And there'll be all kinds of great speakers there. And then it's a ride along. So if you want to ride with us, you can for one mile or 50, anything in between, no problem. And bring your bike. And then the next day, um, June 11th in Oceanside, that's probably a little far for the NAMI OC crowd, but in Oceanside, that's going to be at the Family Recovery Center. And that's going to start around, I think, 1030 in the morning. We actually ride into that one to the official end of the they have a little finish line for us and all that kind of stuff. So awesome. that's, the, that's the main thing. Yeah, I'm I'm so I'm so grateful to be on this thing. And I'm so thankful that God is using me in this situation. I'm just so you have no idea what a blessing it is to yeah. ride your bike for a purpose. You know, when you love doing something, do it for a purpose. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming back each year and giving out, but giving back to the community. You know, we need more people like you out there. 
Well, I'm sure there are. I've just, like I said, I feel very fortunate. And I want to thank my buddy Rick Burns for riding along with me. He's my, my main writer. And for Jim Callahan and my wife, Sandy, and for my former student and her daughter, those two inspired me like you wouldn't believe. And inspiration is priceless. Perfect. Well, Cork, we appreciate you being on again this year. And um, we all wish you best of luck. And we can't wait to see you out there. Yep. I will see you June 10th. All right. Thanks, Cork. Okay. Okay.